Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios, and I'm, for the moment at least, riding solo here. Uh, we have a really cool show for you, a great idea that Mike came up with the last time he was down in um, Disney's Animal Kingdom, and this is, he's going to... He took his phone and he took his little headset and he walked around and gave us kind of a little guided tour of a few different areas. This first show of tours, uh, we've got a couple more coming after this, but this first one is going to be the entrance of the Oasis area and also, you know, the the Tree of Life trails in and around Discovery Island. Uh, Mike's going to just sort of give you a lot of detail on all that. Um, I definitely would say that if you wanted to listen to the show while walking around, you certainly can do so by starting right at the gate. And I believe the first place he hits is the Dedication Rock, which is just once you get through the front door, before uh, right along that very first uh, exhibit that's in front of you, uh, over by where you'd pick up your guide maps, really. Um, so that's that's where you can start, and then you just sort of walk along and follow along with him, and he'll take you through all the different things he sees and go through a lot of animal information, some background, all that kind of stuff. So it's really kind of a cool listen. It's done in a couple different parts because uh, Mike uh, stopped the recording as he went to the other trails, uh, and then uh, you know we'll we'll kind of have you'll 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 notice the pause as we go through. But before we begin and throw it over to Mike, uh, I just wanted to remind you, as always, please go to our shop. You can see the link in your show notes uh we're selling there's three different t-shirts the radio harambe logo plus warden wilson's air rangers and dr seekers travel company shirts all the proceeds from that go to conservation this summer thank you we are joining in with the lion king and um making our donation to lion conservation as well uh so please don't forget to do that so without further ado we're going to take a little musical interlude here and when we come back we'll have safari mike from disney's animal kingdom of the oasis we first start off there is a rock that um, is the dedication of Michael Eisner's speech right behind that is the first exhibit and that is an exhibit of spoonbills and other waterfowl it's a beautiful little pond area with waterfalls and you will see the Rosetta spoonbill as well as the um, African spoonbill and they um, are wading birds they slowly walk through the water, sift with their beak. Uh, their beak is flat and looks like a spoon, hence their name. 
they are often found on the left side of that, but we are actually going to head to the right for uh, take a look at the exhibit. Sometimes, by the way, sometimes in this Rosetta, uh, in the Spoonbill exhibit, you'll see black swans. Uh, black swans are native of Australia. Um, they're one of the smallest swans. They're also they're not to be confused with the black-necked swan, swan that's in the uh, other side of the um, oasis. The oasis itself is themed as themed sort of to the jungles of the world. There's no specific continent that is applicable to um, the oasis. Instead, they've assembled here some low-key animals to sort of ease you into the park. The idea is that, you know, most of the jungle is low-key and, um, and most of the animals are kind of quiet. They're not the big show animals like elephants or tigers and things like that. To the left is the first exhibit. This is where the Patagonia cavi used to be. Um, he unfortunately um, passed away a few years ago and they have not filled this exhibit yet. I hope someday they do um, with something fun. But right after that, to the left, again, we've moved to the right of the oasis, is the muntjac exhibit. Muntjacs are um, small, tiny deer native to Asia. Um, they are nocturnal animals. They're also native, um, oh, as I said, they're native to Asia. They communicate by barking, and you'll hear them bark every once in a while. Uh, very rarely on exhibit, but they are capable of it, and that's how they communicate in the jungle. They're built, they're, they're so small that they um, easily pass through the underbrush of a jungle. They have been introduced into other areas, including Europe, um, where there are non-native species. Across from there is the Barbarossa. Barbarossa are related to uh, wild pigs. Uh, they are easily identifiable by their strange tusks, two of which protrude from the bottom jaw up through the um, lips. They um, are also found in Asia on the island of Sulawesi. Unlike many other um, pigs, they can't dig with their snout. However, they are excellent swimmers, which is beneficial considering they live in the jungle. Now, before you actually enter Animal Kingdom proper, you can make a left and cross a little path that cuts through the oasis. Here, you will first see um, scarlet macaws. These macaws are huge and very colorful. Uh, scarlet is just one of the colors that you'll see on them. Uh, they are fruit eaters, and they, uh, they're often found in smaller groups than some of the other uh, parrots, or macaws, I should say, uh, but they are native to the Amazon. Across from them, as you walk across, you'll come to the rhinoceros iguana. iguana. These guys have scales that look like a horn on their nose, which gives it their name of a rhinoceros iguana. They're found in the Dominican Republic. Um, they're also quite well known for being stand-ins for dinosaurs in early uh, movies from the 1950s and before. And if you see like one of those early sci-fi movies and a giant dinosaur is walking around, it's usually a rhinoceros iguana. Now we come to one of my favorite exhibits, and that's the big pond 
in this crosswalk between the two paths where the rope bridge is. I love the waterfall that comes down and sprinkles the water below. It's also the home of numerous types of uh, waterfowl, one of which being the black neck swan from South America. These guys are one of the smallest swans in the world, and they're named obviously for the, the neck, which is black, that goes all the way up to the head. Another animal found here is the rosy-billed card, that is a diving duck. Uh, and as the name suggests, it actually um, dives underwater for food. They're, it's different from a dabbling duck. Dabbling ducks are similar to ducks you see commonly in the United States, where they skim along the surface, dabbling at the surface for small animals and plants. But that's the rosy-billed chard. Um, those are sort of the darker, or the males are sort of darker with bright red bill. Also here is the Chiloy widgeon, another type of species. The male widgeon here helps care for their young, which is unusual in uh, duck species. Usually that's all females, um, not the males. Back to the black next one real quick, as I'm looking at the sign here. It says that the, these swans carry their chicks on their back, which is a cool thing if you ever get to see it. Uh, I've never seen uh, chicks here, but they live in the freshwater marshes of South America. Uh, they are very good swimmers, but unlike other swans, not very good at walking. Nice. Again, they have the sort of black necks, black head, and, the, and a uh, red bulbous skin on their, on their beaks. We're now moving over to one of my favorite animals uh, in the oasis, and that is the wallaby. Wallabies, of course, are related to kangaroos. Um, basically, they're a small kangaroo, and just like kangaroos, babies are born uh, very early on, crawl into the pouch, and basically um, are fed and nurtured in their mother's pouch uh, for weeks at a time. These guys are named Adelaide, Tucker, and the baby is Ozzy. And right now there's a, actually a keeper in there feeding them by hand, and I can see the little guy hopping around. Keeper's actually telling people now that it's not a kangaroo, it's a wallaby. And they keep the babies the same way? Yeah, yep, they both, they still have the pouch. There's one male, so he won't have the pouch. Okay. I don't know if you can hear this. She has the pouch, and then they would keep the joey in. Oh, nice. So they'll give birth She's talking the about how they keep the babies in the pouch. The baby will crawl into the pouch, and then it'll catch the Okay, we're going to... Continue on along the path here, and we get to the next exhibit, which is turtles, uh, native turtles to um, as well as some waterfowl. I take a look down there; you'll see fish, as well as some uh, wild ducks. Continuing along, we go to the giant anteater. These guys are native to South America. Um, there are other kinds of anteaters 
as well, but the southern giant anteater is found in the tropical rainforest of uh, Brazil uh, all the way down into Argentina. They have very slow metas metabolisms, excuse me, and will sleep up to 15 hours a day. They keep uh, warm and dry by curling their long bushy tails over their heads. Also, they have extremely long claws that they use to dig up, um, trying to get ants and the like. They uh, also, of course, have uh, well-known for their very long tongues that can dig into tree crevices and termite hills to gobble up the insects that they eat um, at a very big clip. Uh, of course, the uh, Amazon rainforest is well-known for having lots of different types of insects. And you can actually see him right now. Uh, walking around the back, they have the, uh, obviously the unusual nose. Now, that pretty much covers the oasis. There's another little path that you can walk to the left here that'll take you um, over to the rope bridge. I always like crossing the rope bridge myself. It is the, pardon my lack, poor grammar, the funnest way to enter the, um, enter the park. Anyway, thank you for joining me on this. Oh, there's one more thing. There's military macaws here often um, near the rope bridge. Uh, these guys generally go in larger groups uh, than the scarlet macaws. They're also much less aggressive. And in this, uh, sometimes you'll see here in the pond itself, and this is a better view of the pond, the Indian spoonbill, a spot-billed duck. It is named, there's a big yellow spot that's at the end of the bill, and that's sort of how it's named. It's found in India, um, in the rainforests there. And um, the male sort of has like a waxy red or orange patch at the base of the bill. That becomes swollen and colorful during breeding season. So if you see brightly colored bills, you know it's uh, breeding season for the birds. Let's actually keep her now feeding some of the ducks um, in that big pond exhibit. I'm going to move to the rope bridge here itself and get a uh, fabulous view of the pond. And that's the end of the Oasis tour. I hope you enjoy it. Make sure you do spend some time here. A lot of people just blow right through it in and out of the park. It's worth stopping and looking at some of the animals. We are at now the Tree of Life trails. I'm going to do a quick tour of these trails as well that you could take with you as you walk around. The first exhibit, which is immediately to the left of uh, the uh, Tree of Life, has the lappet-faced vultures. Um, these are different than the vultures you see at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, which are the Griffins, uh, Rupel's Griffin vultures. These guys have a wingspan that's up to nine feet. And like all vultures, they eat the meat of dead animals, which uh, of course reduces the spread of disease and to people and other, and other things. And that is why the vulture's head is bald. Uh, it prevents, when they're digging around in old dead bodies, from bacteria sticking to its body. It has a huge beak, as you can see here uh, at the exhibit, where it can 
uh, tear open hides of antelope and buffalo. Vultures are, of course, extremely important uh, to the environment. And these guys live in the savannas of Africa, and they're very important to basically being cleanup crews. Also in this exhibit, of course, are the red kangaroos, the second largest kangaroo in the world. The gray kangaroos are actually bigger. They're active mostly from dusk and dawn, um, and they live in the deserts of Australia, arid and semi-arid areas. During the hot days, um, they will rest, cool off, and they also lick their bodies to help cool themselves down. Uh, females and their young, as well as sometimes males, gather in large groups called mobs. Uh, even the red kangaroo, um, I apologize, the red kangaroo is actually bigger than the gray kangaroo. The red kangaroo is the largest living marsupial in the world. Um, however, when they are born, they're the size of a bean. Uh, and they crawl up their mother's uh, stomach into the pouch where they can uh, feed and nurture, much like the wallabies, same exact deal. Also in here are lesser flamingos. These are different than the flamingos you actually see on the Kilimanjaro safaris. These guys um, live in the same general area, but they are smaller. They also get pink keratin, and just like the greater flamingos that you see in the safari ride. Lesser flamingos are in huge flocks, sometimes tens of thousands of them uh, in their native uh, Western Africa. They eat uh, algae and aquatic invertebrates in very salty lakes and flooded salt plains. Just like all the other flamingos, they tilt their head or tilt it and put it in head top first into the water, and that's how they sift. Uh, through the water. They have ridges along their mouths that basically, um, much the same way a, a baleen whale feeds, taking in oops, chunks of water and letting it slide through their beak and capturing uh, their food. And again, it's the keratin that they eat that um, causes them to become pink. We now move on to the small clawed otters in the newly redesigned exhibit called the Otter Grotto. Small clawed otters are uh, different than uh, other otters. They're called small claw otters because their claws are actually smaller than other otters and they don't retract. Um, therefore, they, um, they have much more, excuse me, looking at the otters, they have much more uh, manual dexterity. They're able to um, get at what they usually eat, which is small amphibians, clams, mollusks, and that kind of stuff. Their dexterity in their hands is much better than other otters. They are from Southeast Asia, um, where they live in the rivers and, and lakes in that region. Uh, they are vulnerable. They're not yet endangered, uh, but they are vulnerable to endangerment due to um, habitat loss for the most part. They're also uh, generally nocturnal. And of course, like other otters, uh, they are a lot of fun to watch, which is why I keep getting distracted by seeing them roll around uh, on the grass here. Um, as we move on, we come to the old Peroon shark catfish, which is a humongous fish that lived um, just before, just on the left as you're making your way to up to the tree of life. 
Uh, these guys are extraordinarily endangered. They are hunted for food as well as the pet trade. Um, they are critically endangered animals, and they are monsters. Uh, unfortunately, they no longer have them one here at the Animal Kingdom. It's been gone for a while. I can only assume the worst. Uh, as we move along the trails, there's a lot of empty space here. Um, there is a sort of a little grotto of the, the uh, um, tree of life itself. Um, keep walking back. You're going to get back to the kangaroos and the vultures. And I'm going to keep walking. You get a good look at the tree of life. Real up close view of it from here. And as I'm walking along, you can probably hear the background music. Um, this would be a great spot to add like another exhibit here. There is room. You are kind of bumping up against some of the um, exhibits on the other side of the tree. Okay, I'm back amongst the trees now. You get a good look of uh, some of the roots that go around the Tree of Life. And also about below you is the cue for it's tough to be a bug. You are right up against the tree. And you actually move across, you come across the, um, or underneath the waterfall. And you keep moving along. We get to uh, the exit of the trail that goes right up to the tree. And near here are some more animals. Now we are getting to the second uh, portion of the Tree of Life Trails. And this is the one that's actually right before a Harambe, and it starts with the cotton top tamarins, who are critically endangered animals. They are um, found only in northwest Colombia, and um, they live in small groups where the male and the female who are dominant are the only ones that actually breed. Uh, it is estimated that at least 40,000 of them have been captured from the wild to use for medical research. Uh, so they are highly endangered. Keep walking to the back of um, behind, sort of behind the Tree of Life along the river reaching out to um, across the way to the, the, the trail between Anandapur and Harambe. You then come to the saddlebill storks who are some of my favorite birds. They are beautiful, tall storks with black heads and brightly colored bills. And the coolest thing about them is that they are often seen in the water um, along the, you know, in that river from the Tree of Life. They are generally silent birds. All you can, all, their only form of communication is really bill clacking, uh, with, um, which is used for communicating between one another. Uh, they are wading birds, uh, as most storks. They go into the shallows of uh, lakes, rivers, and the like looking for small fish and amphibians to eat. Across from them are the African crested porcupine, large porcupines. This one currently, as they often are, sleeping. Um, they are members of the rodent family. They do not shoot their quills. Instead, um, they will fan out their quills if they're threatened, thump their feet, and rush backwards um, into predators. Some of these quills on these animals are up to 12, you know, a foot long. 
um, and they could be quite painful. Uh, they are mostly active at night, where they use their sense of smell to forage for roots, tree, fruit, and the like. Moving on, you get to the Galapagos tortoise. These guys, of course, are uh, the largest of the tortoises. They can actually be up to 9,000 pounds. They can be huge. In, um, they're found on seven of the islands of the Galapagos. They are extinct in certain portions of the um, Galapagos chain. They are uh, found both in the lowlands as well as the more humid highlands. In the humid highlands, their shells are actually higher down in the um, arid areas. The subspecies there have uh, lower shells, not as high of a carapace. Uh, they are highly endangered. Um, they were hunted to near extinction, uh, used for food for the most part. They are herbivores eating up, you know, various grasses and fruits and things. Um, and, of course, they're cold-blooded, meaning that they bask in the sun for a period of time uh, to sort of, quote-unquote, warm up. Uh, they're also uh, found in the Aldebra Islands. Those are the Aldebra uh, giant tortoises. Um, some of their shells can be up to five feet, and they can weigh nearly 900 pounds, as I said before. Uh, there is the Gal As we keep moving on, you get to the actual tree of life itself. Uh, underneath, you see some, uh, a nice little waterfall here, and you get a good look at the tree of life uh, up close and if you continue along this trail past the tortoises, you will eventually get to the exit for, um, it's tough to be a bug. Uh, but that's the end of the Tree of Life tour. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, Kuaharini, go well. that should do it for this episode of uh, Radio Harambe. Thanks, obviously, to Mike for uh, taking the time on his vacation to tour us around kind of the entrance area, right? The first few spots there, the Oasis, um, Discovery Island, the Tree of Life Trails, a very uh, animal-centric tour of, um, of those areas. Uh, we had managed to get Mike off of his... Uh, couch outside the nomad lounge for long enough to record a few of these we've got a couple more coming in the year in the uh, weeks to follow so uh, keep a listen out for that uh, again please as always rate us and follow us on itunes uh, five star reviews only is really all we're looking for uh, if you're not going to give a five star review i don't know why you're listening but other than that please five star reviews we thank you very much for that uh, if you have any questions or comments you could tweet at mike at jumbo everyone me at Radio Harambe. You can also email me directly, jumboeveryone at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Disney's Animal Kingdom on Instagram. I'm putting up a lot of photos there, I'm trying to space them out. God, I got so many. I could probably put a photo a day up for years and, and, and never get to the end of them. Uh, so I guess that's it. For Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Choirini, go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Now, ooh, 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 ooh. Ah!